0: Um, the kids are going. You sure? All right. No worries. That's good. That's fine. Um, this, this next few weeks, I'd like to go through somewhat of a series. I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but I'd like to go explore. I'd love to explore. And I'd love to explore uh, the topic of the Word of God, the Word of God. Out there, there are ter- there's terminology, even in Christian circles, on what the Word of God is, or getting a word, or I have a word for you. Have you ever heard those that language going out there? I want to talk to you t- today, or well, intro really, uh, the topic of the Word of God. Um, but before I do, I'd love to share this story about a man who got pulled over by the police and he got pulled over and the police officer said, "One wind in his window, he said, sir, you've been pulled over because you're wearing a seatbelt. You've just won $100 in a competition that we're running. What are you going to spend it on? And the man said, oh, this is great. I might spend it on a new driver's licence. Mm-hmm. To which his wife in the passenger seat said, don't listen to him, officer. He's always this stupid when he's drunk. Um. To which the man in the back seat said, I knew we, oh, he woke up and said, I, w- I knew we wouldn't get very far in this stolen vehicle. To which there was a knock from the back, the boot of the car saying, Are we over the border yet? <laughs> Do you get it? Jesus, when he, when he shares this famous parable of the, of the sower, right? It's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I think Jesus is actually here being intentionally hilarious. Here he is in a region where everyone knows how to farm. And then this Yubiut rabbi, this amazing teacher that everyone's excited about, comes to town and preaches, right? Now, I'm a preacher, and I know that when you preach, you want to gather crowds. You want to make sure that your message is so good that other people listen as well, and it, and it exp- expands to even more people listening to the message. You know, as a preacher, as a pastor, I want to see our church growing in numbers as well as growing in faith. First, faith, then numbers, though. But Jesus, he delivers this message. Like, should you imagine Jesus coming to your town to preach? Wouldn't it be great? It's like Jesus, come on up, it's your turn to preach, and everyone would just be like listening on the edge of their seats, listening to what this amazing teacher's got to say. And he says this, A farmer went out to sow seed and some of the seed fell on the pathway and it was too hard, it never grew, the birds came and ate it. Then some of the seed fell on this bit and, and, and it started to grow but it didn't really last for too long and the sun took it and made it die. And then seed fell on this bit and then the weeds grew up and choked it and they didn't really survive. And then some seed fell where, where it was supposed to, on good soil and it grew and it produced crops. You get it, or you don't. And that was it. That was it. He walked away. He just left him hanging. Now you and I, we're privileged because we've got the Bible, which gives us the answer to the riddle or the the answer to the parable. you know it gives us the it solves the problem for us, because we see from verses thirteen onwards, or from verses 10, sorry, onwards, that Jesus explains the meaning of the parable to the disciples, right? And, and this parable is such a parable that in verse 13, Jesus says to them, Do you not understand the, this parable? How then will you understand any parable? I want to understand the parables of Jesus. So if I want to understand what Jesus is saying when he starts talking about farming, He's not really talking about farming. I want to understand that. I want to understand that whenever he's trying to speak to me. Now I know that Jesus speaks in different ways. God's always trying to speak to us. All right. If you don't know that, then you do now. He wants to talk. In fact, um, I've titled the series. if you want to call it a series? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You ever been on the phone and you dodgy reception? Mm-hmm and you've been talking for so long, and then all of a sudden the other person cuts in and says, sorry, I missed all of that from when you said this. And then she so say, can you hear me now? And they say, yep, can you hear me now? I wonder if we can actually imagine God asking us that question. Can, we, can, I, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? There are different ways that God speaks, different ways. And uh, different ways of the word of God. You know, when we talk about the word, what, what comes to mind? Let's throw it out there. There's five of us in the room. The word of God. What is it? Let's go. No wrong answers. Go. Call them out. So it contains history. The word of God contains history. What do you mean? What's the word of God? The Bible. The Bible. Right. There we go. So the word of God is the Bible. What else is the Word of God? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. John said John said in his Gospel, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Nothing was made, that, you know, everything was made by the Word. Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh, tabernacled among us. Yeah. I'll introduce you to two words. You probably know them both. Now, these two words are from Greece or Greek ancient Greek language, and they are Rhema and Logos. Have you heard those two words? Mm-hmm. Whenever you read your Bible, in the New Testament, you'll read the word word in different places, or saying, or something like that word. Um, and you see these, these uh, two words in the actual original Greek, meaning two similar things, but quite different in their approach. So let me just, uh, let me just start off by tonight, Basically coming down with the three ways of the word. Now, the word of God, we've got all these scriptures in that we can memorize, you know, like um, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, right? Um, we've got Psalm uh, 90, no, 119, uh, where it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We have all these other, other scriptures in the Old Testament and the New, which use the word word, and we have in our language, in our English, just have that word that starts with W and ends in O-R-D. But it's actually got this other meaning to it, and, and quite often we miss it in the uh, unless we look deeper and uh, similar to what Jesus was saying in, the, in his parable. Sometimes we can just miss things. So here's the three ways of the word. There's a rema word, which is a spoken word, an uttered word. So when God spoke to the um, prophets or spoke through the prophets, they they heard the word of the Lord, right? This is the word of the Lord, okay? Um, Luke 5.5, Jesus has just borrowed Peter's fishing boat to to preach and he's gone deeper and deeper and out further, right? And then he says, after he's taught, he said to Peter what? Remember? You know the story? Throw your nets out. And Peter's gone. Nah, no, we've been fishing all night. This isn't going to work. But at your word, I'll do it. All right? So that word there is ream a word, a spoken word. Jesus' spoken word. Um, Jesus, in his temptation in the wilderness, when he's tempted by the devil to turn rocks into bread, he responds to the devil, quoting Deuteronomy, saying, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right, So there's the Bible, which is the word of God. But there's also words that come out of the mouth of God, which are obviously the word of God. <laughs> you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So in, in um, uh, Abraham's time, or even, let's go back to Adam, they, they didn't have the scripture. So they had a revelation of God, which was uttered. And, and God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Um, Romans 10, verse 17 is that scripture that says, um, I might might look it up because I might misquote it. Romans 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing. No, yeah. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now that word for word is, I used to think that word was, the Bible, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? The Bible. That's actually not what it's trans-, trans not translating the Bible at all. It's translating the spoken word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the spoken word of Christ. So if Jesus says jump, he's, he's speaking into your life to grow your faith. And ultimately, God spoke into the world his son, Jesus Christ, the Logos, the word, which is our next one. So Rima word is a spoken word or an utterance, right? And Logos is the written word, right? And so uh, generally, it's the written word. Not all the time, though. And so in John's gospel, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, Logos, all right? Hebrews 4:12 where it says I quoted before it was the word of God is living and active right that's the written word living and active logos uh, John 4 verse 5 oh, I don't have to look at that that's fine now there's two right Rhema word and logos word the next one is Jesus So the Word of God comes in three forms. Spoken, written, and Jesus. There is no other Word of God in any other way, shape, or form. It's either spoken, written, or in Jesus. Hebrews starts off by saying, in the past, God spoke in various ways through the prophets. Now, it's Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God and like literally and spoken as well. He's, the, he's literally the combine, combination of Logos and Rhema. Rema. And in our text today in Mark chapter 4, if you've got it open, I'll, I want you just to look at it please. Mark chapter 4. But only if you're hungry. And it's I think it's hilarious that Jesus gives this gives this lesson, this profound teaching... And he just leaves people hanging. He says in verse 13, to the disciples that asked later, he said, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? If you don't understand this, how will you understand any of them? So, when Jesus is actually saying the sower sows the word, what's he mean? Because in Jesus' time, when Jesus spoke those words on the side of the hill or wherever he was out in the wilderness, sharing about the farmer and sowing seeds, what Bible did he have? What scriptures did he have? Genesis to Malachi. No Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans none of them, up to re- no revelation there was none of that and Jesus is saying to these people a sower sowing he's sowing the word you see where Jesus gives the illustration in verse 14 he says the sower sows the word so what's the seed? the word, thank you bros yes, I wish I had a chocolate so so the word. It's the seed in the parable is the word, right? Seed, word. What changes is not the seed, but the environment that the seed falls on. Now, when Jesus is saying the word, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? Is he talking about the gospel? Is he talking about the logos? Is he talking about the rema word? Jesus is basically saying, let me just paraphrase it. Paraphrase it in in Australian. I can turn up on any given Sunday evening and deliver an amazing sermon that is just so awesome. I could have PowerPoint after PowerPoint. I could show a video clip of something, and I could uh, I could preach my heart. I could preach till my face is is sweating with blood drops coming out of my forehead. But if you don't get it, it's up to you. I could turn up and I could open any random scripture and just read a verse and try my hardest at trying to extrapolate something good and nutritious out of that verse and do a dodgy job. And you might go, that's awesome. That's so deep. That was just God's word for me. And it's entirely up to you. You ever read your Bible before and thought, gee, I didn't get anything out of that? Or have you ever read your Bible before and you think, gee, there's something about that verse that just it's just leaping off the page to me? I've got history with this. Sonia gave me this when I got ordained. 2009? Yeah, 2009, I think. Nearly 10 years being a reverend. But in here, I could take you to places where God really spoke to me. You know, little highlighted bits and times and dates and little references to other passages. And sometimes I read through this and uh, just for recreational purposes. To be reminded, oh yeah, that's right. God spoke that to me back then using that scripture, which still applies to my situation that I'm in now. You know, I can be encouraged because I've got history with God in this, in my Bible. Do you have that? Do you have that? I use this sometimes for my phone, for my Bible. It's difficult to have history with my phone. It's it's difficult. Because I can't say, oh, yeah, it's sort of, it's on the, it's, it's in Matthew's Gospel, it's sort of halfway through and it's, it's near the top right side of the page, just halfway down, second paragraph somewhere. I can't remember the, na- the name of the number or the verse or the chapter or anything, but I know where it is in my Bible, you know? Have you got history, personal history with God in your Bibles? Do you read your Bible and let it read you? Do you write times and dates and promises and highlight bits that stand out? I hope you do. I hope you do. Look, I just found one here in Isaiah 54 in verse 17. It says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. I remember highlighting that because I, was, I felt like I was uh, being attacked. And it was an encouragement to me because what that verse says to me is, there are weapons formed against me, but they're not going to succeed. There's still going to be weapons, but they're not going to succeed. You know? And I highlighted that because it reminded me, you know, if, if, if I go through that problem again, I can be encouraged. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in your Bible. You ever noticed? We, um, we like to take time away, Sonia and I. We like to try and relax. And get away and um, it was a beautiful time once we had um, just the two of us we actually stayed in gembrook just before we moved down here we just stayed in a little bed and breakfast place and uh, it was lovely it was so relaxing nothing was beeping there were no kids having an argument needing parenting it was just it was just beautiful and it was on a property with horses everywhere and you couldn't see the nearest building it was great and I think some of the Psalms, when I read the Psalms, they're a bit like that. I can just get away from, you know, my Monday afternoon or whatever it is. Have you ever noticed that? If you're finding life stressful, you can just open up a Psalm and think, Oh, gee, as the deer pants for living streams of living water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Wow. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Blessed is the one who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the prayer to those who go astray and after a lie. This is so encouraging. It's It's like getting away to a chalet somewhere and spending time with God, just reflecting on his word. Jesus spent time getting away from the crowds and he spent time with his father in prayer. And Jesus says in this parable, the seed is not people. The seed is the word and it's how the word is taken that makes the difference. That makes the difference. You know, there's believers meeting today in, um, in persecuted countries and they, they, they have a Bible that they share in, in like their town and they rip out a page and keep the page for a month or so and everyone in their little church or home church share that page. And then they pass it on to another church and they swap pages with other churches sharing a Bible because there's such a hunger for the Word. I remember seeing videos of um, people in China uh, bringing in a box of Bibles to, uh, to a home church, a secret home church, and they opened the box of Bibles and people were just grabbing them like they're grabbing the toilet paper on the shelves in our, in our nation the last week or so. And these people were crying as they were holding on to Bibles. Crying as they're holding on to Bibles. And I've got like five Bibles that I can just grab whenever I want. Like, I wonder, I wonder if we do actually hear him now. Or is there so much other noise in our lives that we're just not listening? The seed is the people the seed is not the people, the seed is the word. The four soils in that parable, they all hear the word. They all hear the word. And Matthew's gospel shares this same parable and it says that their hearts are the organ of the body that it's hearing the word. Not the ears, not the intellect, not the brain, not the doctrinal theological center of the brain. It's the heart that hears the word of God. And some get it and some don't. And Jesus walks away. He just delivers the word. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. One day Jesus was talking with some Pharisees and some teachers of the law and it's in um, it's in John chapter 5. We'll finish in a second. I'm trying to stop myself from actually preaching because there's so many sermons in this stuff. <laughs> there's so many sermons in this stuff. So I want to just stop before I extrapolate a bit too much so the, the three ways of the word are the rhema word the logos word and jesus all right and now here's jesus with another one of these sermons like the parable of the sower where he just doesn't care about the crowd so much he just wants them to to get it right he delivers this discourse in john chapter five and he goes on to say um in verse thirty-nine, to uh, some uh, some religious people, he says, "You search the scriptures." Now he's talking there about the Old Testament. In, in uh, John five thirty-nine, he says, "You search search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life." Now they, the Jewish boys, would would grow up practicing the five the first five books of the Bible by parrot fashion, and by the time they're thirty, a man a Jewish man would know. Entire five books of the Bible. The Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and so on. And they'd know, parrot fashion. They'd know the scriptures. They'd know the prophets. They'd know all of it. And here they are, these learned Jewish men, and Jesus is saying to them, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So the scriptures always point to Jesus. And Jesus goes on down further and he says to them in verse 46 um, sorry, yeah, verse 46 for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Now, Jesus never wrote anything, Jesus preached. He healed. He did he did and said. That's what he did. He acted and he spoke. He never wrote anything. And he says that that his words, if if we don't understand, if we don't believe Moses' writings, how on earth are we going to believe his words? That's what he's saying to these people. And then what Jesus does is he goes on and talks about bread and body, flesh and and blood. Right? And he says my flesh my flesh is bread from heaven and my blood is drink and and so further on we see that many people uh, decided to desert Jesus. I wonder why. That's strange talk. Why would Jesus say that his body uh, is flesh to be eaten and his blood is to be drunk is drink to be drunk? strange talk but he says in verse 27 of 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 john chapter 6 do not labor for food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give to you for on him god the father has set his seal so he is the word of god made flesh right and then later on in that uh, chapter jesus says to these people he says do you take offense at this Do you take offence that I'm saying you should eat my flesh and drink my blood? In other words, which is fair enough, I think, hearing that for the first time would be quite offensive. And then he says in verse 62, Then what if if, if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Now get this, the words that I have spoken to you Are spirit and life. Sometimes Jesus says the darndest things. What does he mean by that? The words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. It's like this: God is spirit, and we worship him in spirit and truth. True worshippers, right? So God is spirit. Then he puts on flesh to become the word. And then he speaks. Words that are spirit and life. It's like the spirit becomes the word and the word then becomes the spirit. The words that Jesus speaks are spirit and they are life. In other words, they speak to our hearts and they bring life. We don't often understand what Jesus is saying the first time when we read it. If we dwell on it more, we know that he's speaking to our hearts. He's teaching us. He said, I will send, and speaking of the Holy Spirit, he said to the disciples, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send you another counselor who will guide you in all truth. There's some weirdos out there that talk about all kinds of, uh, you know, God can speak to you and God can speak this and God's got a word for me and this is it for you and this is what God's saying to you. There's some strange people out there, so be very careful. And I'll talk a bit more of the, about that more um, with other sermons. But, um, but Jesus' words are always trustworthy. Jesus' words are always trustworthy. Even if you don't understand them to start with. You get it or you don't. But I want to encourage you this week to get into your word. Get into your Bible and, and read it until he speaks to you. And get out a pen, like get a paper Bible, people. Get a paper Bible. Get an actual real paper Bible. Get out a pen and read read something. Just ask God, what do you want me to read? And then read it. And then, until he speaks to you. And then write down what what he's saying to you in that. Because Jesus said at the end of that parable, when, when the disciples and the others came and asked him about it, He said that you have been given the secret to the kingdom of heaven. I lost it. He said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. See, to you, to all all of us in this room, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given. So there is an opportunity for you to get what God might be saying whenever you read your Bible. You don't need to come to church and listen to me to explain things. You come to God, you read your word, come to God and ask him to explain it to you and then get together with other believers and talk about it. And that's the way we get to hear what God might be saying to us. I think I'm in good company though to know that each one of you don't expect me to force feed to spoon feed Sonia tried to spoon feed me the other day at camping and it wasn't fun but no one's going to be doing any spoon feeding but I might just in this series I might just preach a message that might make you go hang on a second where's the punchline because I'm trying to get each one of us to think let's hear what God might be saying to us in this and be hungry for it so let's pray